Hello and welcome back to the latest Tink Business Podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Ray Ryan from the Knowledge Group has developed technology that enables businesses to streamline their operations. He talks about how he has grown his business. I'm joined today by Ray Ryan of the Knowledge Group. Uh, Ray, the digital transformation, transformation is a term everyone seems to be banding about the place at the moment, but I think as we discussed uh, beforehand, the before digital transformation, it was cloud. And, you know, then there was before cloud, there was network computing. And, you know, the technology world, the, the evolution of technology, uh it's 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 just a continuum, right? So I guarantee you, five years from now, digital transformation will be changed to something else. Um, but at the same time, you guys, uh, as as a company in Ireland, deliver them to make help businesses be more efficient. And I think that's pretty what really is. It's about efficiency, isn't it? Yeah, John. I I mean, I know you're talking about evolutions of technology, but but in reality, the problems have been the same. It's just tools that we are giving business now to deal with these problems is far more encompassing and far more powerful. Um, and like what I mean by that is, um, I suppose the purpose of all of these technologies is to try and make business easier for people to do. I remember when I moved out first to try and sell computer systems in the marketplace, I had actually had the benefit of coming from the warehouse industry. I was in the electrical business. So um, and actually at the time, that was quite an interesting industry to be in because microwave ovens and uh, pressure cookers and uh, food mixers were all arriving on the marketplace. And like a microwave oven, things were just making people's lives easier. Mm. Uh, But when I kind of did my daily job by where I had a little duplicate book and I met my retailer and took down my order, then phoned in my order to somebody in an office and then posted in the duplicate book with the signature on it and then somebody keyed that in to something and then somebody created the delivery docket which was all manual as a process when i moved out into the computer industry i could actually understand the problems that people had in business at the time and what i was looking for and what i found most interesting about the it sector was the software arriving at the time really was transforming people's lives. Uh, At that time, you were only dealing with invoicing systems. So you were improving the bit of paperwork and getting the invoice out quicker rather than having a paper printed invoice or typed up invoice. But now I moved along with software. We were now addressing and now, and more importantly, the tools we have allow us to address the complete business as opposed to just the invoicing aspect. And the more and the more our technology addresses the back office administrative process of any business and makes that easier to do, the more useful we are as people in the industry delivering these solutions. Now, I know I know. There, during the last year of November, you guys uh, were instrumental in helping uh, Jump Juice to expand, expand to six new stores, uh, power, basically using you know a, a, a kind of a, a mix of financial and business management software that's that's transformative is it or is it like when you see when you see a company expand at that speed but using technology as a backbone 
Yeah, well, well, actually, that's a very fortunate case. That is actually our, our own developed software. We call it Connections. And really what we try to do here is we look at the complexities of somebody in the retail sector uh, and uh, the volume of administration that seems to exist in their industry. So our kind of motto here is connect, automate and simplify. And by connect, we mean Obviously, if you're in the, the the retail industry, you will have an EPOS system, which is gathering all of the sales transactions that are going to happen. But when you look to the other side, to have those sales transactions, you must buy the goods that you're selling. So for a retailer in the convenience store or in the multiple store environment, having all of these purchases is coming at them from a paperwork point of view, then having all the sales coming at them from a point of sale point of view, we felt that they needed something in the middle that we call connections, which gathers all of this information and posts it properly and correctly and automatically back into an accounting system, which enables us and enables the shop uh, retailer or the manager or the owner of the business to produce their month-end accounts far, far quicker than they used to be able to do that, particularly if they're expanding their business and growing the way Jump Juice were. Uh, they were able to do that without increasing the administrative overhead of the business to help support that, gro that growth. We did it with software. Uh, and and that's really where we come into our own by helping automate the back end processes, but then help them get their information and their data much more quickly, which helps them make better management decisions. So tell us about how to, I, 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 I described it as knowledge, but knowledge, uh, how, how does the, yeah, yeah, I know it's a play on words. Yeah, yeah. How did that uh, business come about? How, how did you? How did? How, how, how did you? How did you end up forming this? As I understand it, it was an amalgamation of two previous companies. Well, well, uh, yeah. We've we've kind of three three main parts of our business, and we've uh, envisage as a business which is the largest Sage player in the Irish marketplace with the Sage business software. We have Awesome, which which is a an Oracle NetSuite player and we have our connection software which plays in the retail space and if i looked we had we had a difficulty trying to get our message across when we had it all covered with three different brands and three different ideas uh, so what we tried to do was amalgamate what we did as a business and what we had as a bunch of people. And having done an internal survey and an, an internal what kind of animal are you and what kind of color are you type thing in our business, uh, really the common thing that our own employees seemed to say about us as a business was that we had the knowledge to help people. So it seemed to be a good idea to play on the word knowledge and, and the knowledge the knowledge branding has now helped us get a singular message out to the marketplace as to what we deliver and what we can achieve for business and making their life easier. But it doesn't matter whether we use our Sage solution, our connection solution or our NetSuite solution. It is what's right for the customer's business but the deliverable of it is through our knowledge. Very good. And the interesting thing about it, like when you're like, it's what it, company mergers aren't easy at all. And, you know, I, I imagine, you know, we're bringing, bringing together two different kinds of tribes. Uh, what were you, what have you learned from this? Cause I mean, not only did you bring together two distinct technologies, but two very different companies into under one umbrella of knowledge. I, I think on the Sage side, I think we acquired five companies to, 
put us into the position that we are in the Irish marketplace with the Sage brand. Yeah, and actually we've gone through a number of rebranding exercises even at that. Originally we were called Intellect. Then we uh, rebranded as Advent and then we rebranded again as Envisage. But that was really driven by technology and 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 how things were changing the envisage piece was uh really we tied ourselves as envisage cloud uh, and cloud was becoming a presence in the marketplace when these acquisitions were going on so uh that was one of the reasons to rebrand. Of course, Envisage is spelt uh, with S-A-G-E at the end, which is a clever use on uh, uh, search engine technology and uh, things like that. But the, yes, the, the interesting part of your question, John, is culture, is marrying culture uh, and uh, and people uh, into a business, along with ma- marrying customers into a new culture. Because when you do an acquisition, not only do you have people that you take on board, but you've customers that you take on board. And we kind of did, there's two things in terms of culture that I try to preach to our team all the time. First, and I think is the most important one for me from a customer facing perspective is, get yourself more focused on the outcome rather than the income because mm-hmm. the income will look after itself after you've got the outcome correct. And, and, and it's something I try and instill. Um, the second piece is from a productivity and uh, point of view for both us and the customer, and that's right first time. And they are the two mantras that I kind of want people to think when they join our business that we need to really deliver to the customer what we say we're going to deliver to them, even if that is sometimes at the cost of the profitability of our exercise. Uh, but we actually look at a customer as not being a customer, but more a partner and somebody that we actually will, because of what we do, have them for quite a number of years. In fact, actually this year, ironically, we celebrate with uh, 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 one of our customers in Donegal, uh, their 25th year of being a customer with us on the Sage side. That's Gallagher Brothers in Donegal. So I think that mantra sticks and, and works for me. And that's what I try to bring down as a culture. So actually, the biggest thing is culture. And that's the thing, I mean, you guys have been around for decades now and, you know, staying fresh when it comes to technology because, you know, Sage obviously is a good bet because it's, you know, one of the most well-known accountancy, I suppose, type brands. Um, you know, but when it came comes to moving with the trends and staying ahead of the trends, uh, and you know, I think one of the most dangerous things that can ever happen to you in technology is thinking you just because you experienced it before that you know it all now. Things constantly change and surprise you in technology. Uh, so you can't rest on your laurels for very long. Um, but as I pointed out earlier in the conversation. A lot of the things like cloud, cloud used to be known as network computing, uh, digital transformation is, I think, a catch-all for just a business transforming using the latest available technologies. Uh, you, know, you know, the industry tends to trot out these terms, but ultimately when it comes down to making sure you're making the right bets on, you know, where you should be orienting, orienting your efforts and knowledge. Well, I've had, I've had that decision and that particular pr- Uh, conundrum in my life twice. Firstly, when I went out first and set up our business, uh, the intellect business, uh, at that point in time, I had come from the IT industry and I was looking to the future and what technology platforms are going to come. Obviously, Windows was there. Um, I had come from a Unix and mainframe background. 
These are all old terms nowadays. But um, what you needed to look to at that point in time was longevity, because I had come through that mainframe piece by where companies the size of digital and prime they, they disappeared overnight. And these were companies that in, in my day, we were selling uh, computer boxes to them and they weren't cheap computer boxes, like a half a million pounds at the time would have been in an investment in a prime mm. system. But prime disappeared within 18 months. Digital disappeared very, very quickly. So I could see that shifts in technology happened really, really fast. And the last thing I wanted to do was set up a business by where the software products that we were marketing to both our customers and to my staff, that I'd have to retrain them every five years. So I kept looking at that. And Sage, obviously, to me, looked like a very safe bet in that particular context. I could have done Take 5. I could have done a lot of other products. But financially being sound was key to me and Sage seemed to be financially sound, which has proved to be the case. When we made the second decision to go to a true cloud solution, we chose the NetSuite product. Oracle hadn't bought them at the time, but it seemed to be that Oracle were the only player in town who might buy them. And again, there's a significant difference when you're making a decision on investing in a cloud product versus investing in what I would call an on-premise product, which Sage was at the time. When you talk cloud, John, people immediately think global. People immediately think, oh, um, how many countries, how big, one big platform. You can't do that if you've no money. And <laughs> Oracle have a phenomenal backing in, in terms of money and investment capability. And that was plowed into NetSuite by Larry Ellison in the beginning because he had a very large stake of the business and he bought it for cash for nine billion plus and brought it back into the Oracle stable, which was a dream decision for me because it meant the product was going to be financially stably sound. And that meant that I knew if we offered this to our customers, I wouldn't be saying, well, in four years time, we have to take this out because something else has come along. So the financial backing of the software solution uh, is very important, as long as it's also meeting what I would call the new criteria of technology or the new platform of technology that's coming. And uh, I, I, have you any, I mean, it's a strange question. Uh, are you... Uh, when people have been around as long as you have been in tech, do you ever feel nostalgia for certain points in time in the tech industry? Like, uh, if you ask me, my favorite eras were probably uh, virtualization in the early noughties when just everyone stopped talking about the dot-com boom, everyone just stopped about technology in general. But the technology world went on and on talking about things, and virtualization was a big thing in the early days. So we've seen companies like VMware coming up, for example. Um, 2008, the iPhone is unveiled by Steve Jobs. Again, that catapulted a whole lot of possibilities. But in your own career and, you know, in terms of your own longevity in, in the sector, uh, are there any particular, um, you know, milestones that you particularly remember with fondness? Yeah, um, yeah milestones for sure. <laughs> the Y2K was <laughs> the embarrassing milestone for the IT industry, to be honest about it, uh, where, where nothing really ever happened, but everybody predicted the end of the world. So yeah, the move, certainly the, the, the move from Microsoft's moves into the business software community were big, bringing along with it Windows-based technology 
which was competing with what Unix and mainframe were delivering as green screen technology. Suddenly all these colors started to appear and uh, user interfaces started to be something that made life easier for the customer. And that's Absolutely. really what we've been after all the time. Uh, and when you look at what well, significance, what is the significance of the cloud? Well, in reality, the cloud has made running a business in terms of um, the world as it now exists, far easier to do so because we're now faced post-COVID with all kinds of decisions as to work-life balance and how that can be achieved. And really, as much as keeping your customer uh, 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 to the fore of technology and, and happy with the solution, a business owner is now faced with also his staff and the employees because uh, they're also customers of the thing you put together as a business and their lives and they're making their lives easier, something you now have to contend with. Uh, cloud has enabled us to do that. Uh, very, very efficiently be, and we've we experienced that ourselves when when we were all asked to leave our office um, way back in March twenty and our twenty twenty. We haven't been back, and yet our business has grown from about twenty six people to thirty two, thirty four people now. And uh, um, I can continue to see that growth in our business. We should be forty people by the end of the year, uh, and we've been able to manage that growth by actually retaining our own employees and attracting new ones because of the flexibility that cloud gives our employees. But the same flexibility that we enjoy, our customer also enjoys in the cloud arena by enabling his own employees have the technology, the screens, the ease of connectivity uh, available to them so that they can use the software from, when, from, from wherever they want. I suppose another question came into my mind there as well is that you're clearly a person who knows technology, but also you run a business. Do the two meld well together? Sometimes can can you have technology business run by technologists? <laughs> you're you're probably asking me, can I eat my own meat? Yes. <laughs> we have. Uh, ironically, we chose the COVID period uh, to actually make that big decision. We have been traditionally run, we ran our business traditionally on what I would call the on-premise world. And being a software developing company where we develop our own software, we had developed lots of our own bits and pieces and had run our business to a point in time that all of these bits and pieces worked and they worked well for us. But as we looked to the future and as I looked to moving us to a 10 million euro turnover business, I really understood for ourselves that what we had in place wouldn't enable us to do that uh, in an easy fashion. So we actually made a big decision to take out all of our old systems and put in a complete cloud solution into the business and to do exactly what we would preach to our own customers to do, to get yourself ready for your next move and your next journey of your own business. But you need the technology to help you do that, to make life easier, to make your employees much easier. And the big thing, John, I see coming now that uh, these cloud platforms have and are capable of doing is prior to cloud, everybody used to have their box in the corner. And then it used to be, we'll put, oh, put some protection software on that so nobody can get in at it. Then we put accounting software at it and then make sure that nobody can go to that nominal ledger. Nobody can see it. And only that person could go into the sales area. So everything was isolated. 
And that has completely turned on its head in the cloud because we now have things like customer portals, which come as part of cloud software, where you open up your software to your suppliers, your partners and your customers, and you let your own customers come in now and print off their own statements. So that completely has turned on its head the way business used to work. And this whole idea of the customer engaging with you on your on your platform and you engaging with your supplier and your supplier engaging is making life easier all the time. And that's what we want to try and do each time as we move along in the technology. Is that recognized enough out there? Like when you think about it, you know, I think it's acknowledged that, for example, the cloud was the reason why many businesses were able to keep running through the pandemic. And you know, technologies like Zoom and Teams, you know, they, they allow you to communicate, uh, you know, as if you're in the office with other people. But the actual uh, ability for cloud to help you, you know, I suppose, be a force multiplier for your business, to, to, to do things that were previously impossible, either down to the number of people you had. Um, but do you, think, do you think there's a general recognition in the business world that, with, that without this type of technology, they would not have survived? Uh, I, I, I think there's a recognition of it uh, because people have experienced it. But I think um, I think what the whole pandemic and the whole onslaught of this type of technology, this communicative technology that you just described there, genuinely, in my opinion, is making what I would call our traditional business person, our, our mid-tier person in distribution or in, in, in services or in engineers on the road or, or in retail, really, really take another look at what they actually are using as technology. When you think about it, John, if you were starting a business tomorrow, if I take retail, for example, if you were starting a retail business tomorrow and you were a small cafe, the first thing you would get is this, I think, I think the, 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 you can download the square, I think they call the brand. Um, and you can set up your point of sale system and your stock. And you have the first thing that he'll go for as a young retailer is systems. Mm-hmm. He will get his, his EPOS in, he'll get his online cloud piece of software, and he'll be able to look at his numbers and his figures anywhere he wants to and where from wherever he sits. When you translate that to historically what um, franchised-based uh, retailers have been dealing with, um, he's way, way ahead immediately just by actually taking on this new technology. And I think it's made them aware that unless they move as fast as their competitor new in the marketplace is moving, they're going to get swallowed up by somebody if they don't move. Very good. So it's it's really changed everything, I think. And do you think it's also led to a different kind of level of respect for the tech industry? Because the tech industry and the general world of business, they always seemed kind of two different beasts. Um, but do you think do you think now that you know? I mean, obviously, we're looking at looking at Elon Musk buying Twitter, for God's sake, and you know, do we got these 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 characters? I suppose um, trying to change the world still. Um, but it always seemed a bit kind of removed from the general business world. Do you, do you think that the general business world has better respect now for technology? Well, I, I think I think there's um I think there's more awareness by people going into business that they're go, going to run a business rather than they have a great idea. Yep. Uh, the great idea always needs to be there, but I think there's a more cognizant uh, again, particularly the younger entrepreneur, they understand data. They understand the need to know 
uh, much, 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 much more than previously. And uh, uh, and the problem that existed, I always felt when I was coming out into this world, you always used to talk about the, oh, the, the if only we had the same IT as the banks, if only we had the same IT as the, the, the large corporates, we could do this. If, if I was a retailer, oh, I'd only wish I had what to, but actually what has happened over the period of time, and it always happens in our industry, the technology that sits up above filters down, filters down. And what has filtered down now for the average businessman to actually get his hands on in terms of, you know, automation, connectivity, data, data mining, that just falls out of your average package these days is phenomenal when you look at it compared to when I first went out. So there is, in my opinion, uh, a, a kind of a, a, a trickle down effect happening here with software. And people are beginning to recognize, my God, this stuff is now available to me. I used to talk about it, but now it's actually here. I can look at a dashboard. Uh, I can see my, my, I can see my business visually rather than printing out report after report and trying to assimilate it. Our, these software packages can now deliver that type of stuff to the screen. And finally, uh, what's next for you guys? What's next for the Knowledge Group? I mean, uh, do you see future acquisitions? Do you see new technologies you're going to bring into your into your into your uh, land lineup? Well, I see new acquisitions for, for sure. Uh, yes, yeah, that will be that will be a very important part of our strategy to grow, particularly as we progress into the UK with our own software. Um, that's from a, our a business perspective. I think. I think everybody will ignore the cryptographic technologies that have arrived at their peril. Mm. And that's really interesting to me because uh, a lot of people just look at the crypto cryptographic world as coins and whatever, whatever. Um, actually, they're transactions and they're transactions that are happening uh, in ledgers. And in those ledgers, they're cryptographically managed, so they're secure. And that whole platform of technology has not yet actually been exploited from what I would call a systems perspective, John. And I would see over the next 10 years, as much as you DOS to Windows, Windows to cloud, I think cloud to Web3 cryptographic technology will be a particular driving force as we move forward, trying to get to grips with controlling, securing, and automating much better in the in the way in, in the years ahead. So yes, I keep looking to see what platform technology is arriving that you can develop an application in. It would be my own belief that in somatic somewhere in the world, a group of guys are sitting down looking at an ERP system in cryptographic based databases. And that's really the bit I would be watching for our business over the next 10 years. Do you think, do you think the whole emphasis on coins has kind of, you know, de devalued the potential of that technology? Just, just distracted that it actually is technology that's on a play here. Hmm. These, this is technology that has been delivered and they manage transactions, which is exactly what all of the previous databases have done, managed transactions. Uh, so, you know, we ignore this piece at our peril. Is it a kind of an, an unacknowledged evolution, like in the sense that do you, do you see what cryptography can do as a good step change forward that just has been blighted by that? It's a bit like e-commerce. Like e-commerce had its day in the last two years, really, because of the pandem 
But, but we, were, we were talking about e-commerce back in 1999. Do you, think, do you think cryptography will have its day? Yes, it will. Cryptography will have its day, particularly when your average business gets very, very concerned about not being able to secure itself properly, even if it is on a platform like a, a Microsoft platform or an Oracle platform. Um, the adoption of this cryptographic capability to secure uh, business going forward will be as an important an issue as getting onto a platform is now. It was a great pleasure, Ray. Thank you so much. You're welcome.